This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, your source for college hockey in the desert southwest, part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com family. All right, welcome hockey fans in the desert southwest, all over the world, Alaska this week, China earlier this year, Paul Hornstein, my great co-host on College Hockey Southwest Weekly, live Fighting it out, folks. He's struggling with a little back injury, but he's fighting it out on Long Island. Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul, we got a split to talk about, but tell yeah. us about your back. How are things? Um, better than it was yesterday and better than it was this morning. But That's, uh, that's good news. After you sit here for an hour, you'll oh, yeah. feel more. more. <laughs> oh, I'm already feeling it, so don't worry about it. All right. Well, that's what pain pills are for. <laughs> yeah, well, I got those too, so Shh, don't tell nobody. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's jump into this uh, full board. Arizona State traveled to uh, Fairbanks, Alaska. They had uh, big things on their mind. A, a sweep was on their mind. They came away with a split. Um, as you'll hear in the Powers play today, Coach Powers kind of sidestepped it, but admitted it at the same time, I think, that that the big ice sheet may have got to him for the first two periods on Friday night. Um, you're also going to hear from Josh Maniscalco today, our uh, profile, pitchfork profile. And Josh also said that it was an adjustment. I asked him point blank. I said, how do you go from the little ice at Oceanside to the big ice at Fairbanks, for example? He said, I got to learn to play my angles and well, my dots. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how it can't be an adjustment. To sit there and say that it's that that I, I know players and coaches like to say, oh no, it's not a problem, it's not a problem, it's not a problem. But it it's just it's that if you played on it even semi regularly, right, it would be one thing. But what are they playing? Two games a year on that, maybe four, depending on the schedule. That's yep. that's a big adjustment to make. Um, uh, you, you know, you're you're used to a certain type of angle, um, whether you're de- especially the defensemen and the goalies. Right. Um, there's there's just no way that it doesn't take time to make an adjustment, and that's after coming off of uh, a long plane flight to Alaska. Um, not that they're not used to long plane flights, but you know, Phoenix to the East Coast is 2,500 miles. That's an extra thousand miles that's an extra two hours on the plane um yeah. that's pushing buses unless yeah. leanne unless leanne <laughs> blinn had him doing that too um, <laughs> as a training method i don't know um there's no way that it's not an adjustment um at least from a from a from a layman's standpoint um but there's there's no question that uh, it, it, it had an effect and and they still almost pulled out the Friday game. Yeah, well, and here's what Josh told me that he, he his adjustment was staying inside the dots on that big ice surface. And he said guys would try to get around him and he'd have to make sure he had enough time to catch him. Uh, Powers told us that uh, he thought the problem, more significant problem, was the breakouts. They were struggling to break out on the big ice sheet the first couple of periods. Now, it sounds awful familiar to what happened at uh, – in the NCAA tournament, right? It took two periods to get going, then they played really well, and they came up one short. I guess the positive on all this, I'll say, Paul, is that when I when I look at it and I go, and I told Coach that today, I said, the definition of a good hockey team is when you can 
make adjustments and hang with it, right? I mean, a, a bad hockey team in a, in a situation like that would get bowled over, and they'd be behind 5 6 nothing. But the Sun Devils are a good hockey team and a prideful hockey team, and they found a way to make that game close. And they really should have won Friday night, I think. I think well, they had their let, let's, This is my observation of the game, and this is when I know that they're struggling. And not that this is this is uh, a medical discovery here, but when guys start reaching with their sticks, yeah, yeah, okay, you know that they're struggling because that means they're not moving their feet. Uh, it does means they don't they don't have their legs under them, and that was definitely the case in the first two periods of that game. Um, I thought that when Jacob Semek got that late first period goal on Friday night that that would kind of light them up a little bit and and, 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 and turn it on a little bit. That they came out in the second period, it was kind of more of the same. Um, you know, uh, Evan DeBrower stopped a penalty shot, which was nice. Um, you know, they, you know, they just did, they, they had a bunch of turnovers at the blue line in the second period from what I got to see. Thank you, WCHA screen. Uh, stream. Can we go one weekend without streaming problems, please? <laughs> oh my lord! Um, um, way too many turnovers at, at, at the blue line, um, and you know that doesn't help you break out, and that gives the other team a lot of more offensive chances than they might have deserved. And I want to say this too. Um, you know, this is part of the problem with preseason predictions and polls. Um, we're, we're seeing now that maybe Quinnipiac is not as good as people expected. But at the same time, um, this Alaska team is is, hmm. is playing much better oh, than yeah. people expected. Um, oh, yes, they are. They, um, they are a very, very scrappy bunch. Um, they kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh, you know, the last year's ASU team and the the, the team that kind of got a little bit on a hot streak at the end of the season before. Um, uh, they, they fight and they scrap and they stay in every game, just about every game. And uh, they get good goaltending and, and, and so forth and so on. I mean, they're in the top 20 in the pairwise and... I don't well, think the, anybody expected that. So them, them and ASU flip flopped. Yeah, I, I just for um, a night, you know. Yeah, but it, um, yeah, I mean they're a good hockey team. I mean, look at who they played and how hard they played them. The other thing I think we got to talk about a little bit is the fact that ASU is now won uh, five out of their last six. Yeah, um, and the two that they lost prior to that were against what is now the number one ranked team in the country again. I so that. I mean. It's going to rotate back and forth, but the bottom line of it is they're playing good hockey. I was a little surprised to hear Coach Powers say that that they were beat up. Um, even yeah, beyond. that that definitely caught me. That at least explains why, if you look at the lineup on Friday, uh, why it was so different on Saturday uh, with uh, you know Connor Stewart being in there on Saturday uh, and Vito Johnson's was. Was was in there on Saturday as opposed to Friday, um, and why guys like like Jack Judson was not in the game uh, when he had played every game. Uh, the forwards were were different. 
Um, you know, Jack Murray didn't play on 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 Friday, but he played on Saturday. Now maybe that was uh, precautionary because he was coming off an injury for most of preseason. Um, so the lineup changes kind of caught people off guard, and at least now we kind of have an understanding of why, because yeah. there was a lot of bumps and bruises um, coming out of the series uh, against Quinnipiac going into Alaska, or maybe some of those happened on Friday night too. We don't know. Maybe uh, they happened pushing a bus. Maybe they happened pushing a bus. And <laughs> listen, that'll do a is, lot to your groins and calves. There is no sport that is more secretive about their injury issues than no, hockey. I saw, yeah, there is exactly. no – it's not even yeah. close. Right. In the NFL, they'll lie to you. They'll say yeah. everybody's hurt. Yep. You know, in hockey, hurt? We don't know what you're talking about. So All right. So we'll let Coach Powers talk about that uh, in just a few minutes. So – Saturday night, a much better performance, a performance that actually uh, saw the Sun Devils pretty much dominate start to finish from what I, what I can gather. Um, and, of course, I was not there, but, and I did not have the stream on. I was uh, doing other things, as I do well, when they're on the road. But they definitely, there's no question, they played better. Um, you know, you shut somebody out. You're not just, uh, you know, it's a team effort. It's not just the goalie. It's not like Alaska. Yeah. Had 95 shots. Um, so hold on a minute. You tell me it's not like ASU's women's team or poor Jordan, poor Jordan, Jordan Nash Bolden faced 61 shots against Adrian this weekend. Uh, oh goodness. Okay, listen, I'm off on a tangent. Go ahead. No, listen, and 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 the coaches, right? They they were not. You know, he lost a couple of guys to injuries, and they were not good on faceoffs uh, this weekend, and that doesn't no. help you any. Um, and on top of that, they usually do struggle with faceoffs. So, yes. um, well, with no Gruber and no Phil Bunces, that that was a big thing because both of them. Coach told us today, as you'll hear on the on the five right. minute powers play, that that was those are his two best faceoff men. So when they're out of the lineup, that hurts. Yeah, uh, and they were both though, out all weekend. But Grubes did come in on. Coach said he had him in on Saturday night yeah. and let him play fourth line sparingly. Yeah. But the hope is that they're going to be a lot closer to 100% when Vermont comes to town on the weekend after Thanksgiving. So Yeah, they also didn't have him taking a whole lot of face-offs either. So. No, no, no. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back with Coach Powers. Let's hear what he's got to say. You and I will react to it. Then we'll uh, take another quick break, and we'll come back and hear our pitchfork profile with what I consider to be one of the very best defensemen in all of college hockey, Josh Maniscalco. Up next, Coach Powers in the five-minute power play. Well, hockey fans on Desert Southwest, it's another five-minute power play. Coach Powers is with me after a trip to Alaska where we saw a little bus push in. We saw a little of everything, but uh, he came back with a split. You always talk about it's nice to win every game, but split on the road, sweep at home. Yeah, no, and look, that's a good team. Like, they're they're they're, they're they're good. Like they, they, they're way better than they were last year. And the job that their staff's done is really impressive. So they're, they're tough to play against. Um, I mean, they arguably have played like, even Denver minus last weekend better than anybody had all year. Um, and then they, they've beaten everybody they've played. So they're legit. They're, they're a legit top 20, top 25 team. 
So it's a good split. Um, I think that, that, that obviously Friday we felt like as a game, um, we didn't play well, but it was winnable. We were right there, and, and it took us two periods to adjust on that ice. Um, you know, our D really struggled managing the puck just with that extra time, especially coming out of our zone. Um, they just struggled managing the puck, and it took them two periods to adjust. And I think we had a really good third, tied it up, and, and uh, just couldn't take the lead. And then Saturday, we were really good. We, we managed the game. It was a good road game. Limited their chances for the most part and, uh, and, and had a nice uh, sound win. A couple things that come to mind when you say that is the adjustments that your team is able to make this year and last year that maybe they didn't make earlier. And that might be the talent on the team. It might be experience. But tell me a little bit about what that's like to, to see them make in-game adjustments like that. Well, I, we, we've always been really good going from, from really Friday to Saturday. I mean, you, you yeah. obviously want to have a better Saturday. I mean, because you can look at a team and feel feel the game and make adjustments as a staff and, and all that good stuff. And, um, I mean, what, this year we, we only have one loss on a Saturday, and that's that's uh, to Mankato. So right. um, we're, we, we're always generally very good on Saturday, and we put an emphasis on winning on Friday so we can play downhill even more on Saturday. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's at the end of the day, look, look, we won five or six games. There's only, I think, six other teams in college hockey that have done that. It's hard to, to do. It's hard. I mean, we started one and three, and we've gone five and one since that stretch. And the one loss is, was on the road to the then 13th ranked team in the pairwise ranking. So um, we're, we're, we're happy with where we're at, and by no means are we content with where we're at. That's a good way to put it. Tell me a little bit about Josh Maniscalco's weekend. He was uh, as good or as, <laughs> as as he's been forever, but he was really good, wasn't he? Yeah, man, man, he's just he's just gets better and better. You know, I mean, the secret's out. You know, he's he's uh, there's no hiding him. Like he, I mean, there's a, there's generating a lot of interest, obviously, from the highest level in the world now, and and he should be because he's that good. Um, and uh, he, he's a special player, special kid, and he had a great weekend, and, and uh, especially on Saturday. And he's always been kind of a breakout machine and, and, and poised with it and just looks different than everybody. And now he's starting to score. So it's, it's his game's really coming together, and um, he, he's a good one. Has he done something different to score, or is the puck just going in now? No, I don't think so. It's just polish and experience and um, – piece in his, his complete game together you know I mean he he came in and we, we we really wanted him to focus on defending and and really building his game from our net out um breaking the puck out clean and having a good first pass and and then and then worrying about you know the other end of the ice as it came and, and now he's just put together a complete game he's a 200 foot player he's he projects to be a, a legit two-way pro um and uh and he's he's really uh he's really come on Okay, Evan DeBrow, we got another shutout. Um, tell me a little bit about Evan and what you've personally seen in Evan from, you know, the start of the season until right now. Just, just confidence, poise. Um, you know, he, he, in fairness to Evan, he went 16 months without playing a game. You know, and, and that's a long time to go, and and then to be thrown into the fire is tough. And 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 he he look like he you know the first loss against Mercyhurst was not on him that right. was on us yeah. you know mismanaging the last five minutes of a hockey game and 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 uh, you know Mankato he gave us a chance to win both games he he had us down a goal going into the third on the road against the number one team in the country and and we didn't get the job done in front of him and um, and ever since those those first two series he has not looked back 
Um, he's five and one in, in his last six, just like the team is, and um, he's 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 winning he's winning us games. He, he's a hell of a goalie. Okay, so we got two weeks off now before Vermont comes to town right after Thanksgiving. How do you prepare this team for the next two weeks? Well, you know, look, we're banged up. Like this is yeah. as banged up as we've been in, in in since I can remember. You know, and there's guys that that are banged up that we're not even talking about. Um, that gutted through the weekend for us and, and fought through some 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 stuff that probably uh, they shouldn't to have to play, but but we, we had to get through it. Um, and and the one thing we haven't really talked about is is the losses of, of Bunces and Gruber are big. I mean, those are two of our top three centermen and, and our best two guys on faceoffs, and we have struggled to win draws without them um, because they're both just that good on faceoffs. And and uh, getting them back for Vermont which we expect to, is, is going to be a huge shot in the arm. Um, this break, it certainly wasn't by design. There were some scheduling quirks that happened that were yeah. beyond our control. But it, it's ended up coming at the perfect time. Our guys need it. We need it to get healthy. Uh, those two guys, we're, we're anxious to get back, um, and we'll have them back. We dressed Groobs on Saturday and gave him um, some fourth-line shifts, and, and he got about five minutes of ice just to kind of get back into it on the wing. Um, and so he's going to be ready to go, and, and we expect Phil to be ready to go. And having those guys back will just will allow us to do so much more. And, and, uh, and we got some guys in the back end that are banged up too, so we need this break. All right, final question for you. Tell me a little bit about uh, Justin, how things went last week for him. He had his surgery. Um, how's he doing? He's doing well. He's doing, you know, he, all things considered, it, it, now it's just – making sure that he has the emotional support to get through what he needs to get through. And, and he's going to make a full recovery and, um, and he could be back this year. He could, um, but uh, it, it's not going to affect his future as a player at all. So now it's just us getting him through it, getting him through it emotionally and making sure he stays involved and stays in shape and, um, and goes through his, his physical rehab and, and physical therapy and, um, and gets done what he's done and he'll be back. All right, I know you don't look at it. I do because I'm in the media, but I can say that uh, 18 more wins, Coach, and I think you're in the tournament again. So the magic number countdown has begun on our end of it. Um, we're going to wait for two weeks like you are until uh, Vermont comes to town and see if you can knock off a couple more. Yeah, I know. We, we like where we're at right now. You know, I mean, it's, it's, we're 6-4, and four, um, you know, two one-goal losses that, that we'd like to have back, but uh, everything's in front of us. We control our own destiny. I think we sit 13th in the pairwise right now, and and um, you know, and uh, and and again, nowhere close to playing our best hockey. You heard it, folks. Uh, coach says they're ready to roll in two weeks. Uh, just get those bumps and bruises healed, and we'll see you back here next week. Yep. Thanks. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. And we're back. Paul Hornstein, you had a chance to listen to the coach today. We got about seven and a half, almost eight minutes with Coach Bowers. Uh, always gracious to have him on. It's, it's, it's always a privilege and nice to have the coach one-on-one -on -one like that in a setting where we can ask him questions without being in the scrum. So throw out to, uh, to Mitch Terrell right now. Let's tell him 
thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to uh, to sit down with them and Coach Powers for taking the time. Your thoughts? Um, you know, like I said, we we talked about the injuries already um, that you know we didn't really know about, uh, so that makes a difference. Uh, Coach was talking about. Uh, he mentioned that like we already did about Alaska's spot in the pairwise and ASU's spot in the pairwise. And, you know, people need to remember that uh, more so than uh, rankings in terms of polls. It's all about the pairwise. And the other thing that people also need to understand, both good and bad, is it's early in the season. And oh, those yeah. numbers go up and down and up and down yeah. like roller coasters. And uh, on Friday night, they had nine ties in NCAA. In, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in NCAA but Isn't nine that crazy? Ties. That's crazy. Um, you know, so the numbers are going to change drastically um, until you hit January. So let, let me tell you a number that needs to continue to change drastically. The magic number <sighs> started at 24. We're down to 18 right now. I know you say one. You're you're right. One. one one at a time. But here's the thing: when you take them one at a time and you cross them off one at a time, you're going to need 18 more wins if you want to be considered a NCAA tournament team. Now, so uh, you a lot me, of games I, left to play. Right, okay? and you know me. I, I to me that's getting. I, I just I'm re- I need to worry about Vermont, and yeah. I, I agree with coaches. Yeah, I, you'll know what when Josh Manistrelko when I told him uh, on camera I said that, or I talked coach I guess it was I told him that the power the the uh, magic number has started and uh, and we'll count it down for him he doesn't need to do anything about it we'll just count it down so magic number as we speak right now is eighteen Paul. Um, well, <laughs> the number is one, and the fact of the matter is that also shall we say corresponds to the number one secret weapon on this hockey team and it is the guy in the pitchfork profile this week in Josh Maniscalco uh, it's becoming less and less of a secret um, now, it, now what you got to worry about let me throw this out right away what you got to worry about right now is that some NHL team doesn't come calling next year because the better he gets the more he plays even coach said that he's becoming a great two way pro prospect I believe this is exact words yeah um and I think he's been their best player this year. I, I think believe it. I think he's been their most consistent player. I think he's been their, their best uh, player game in and game out. And, you know, everybody likes to talk about the goals. And, you know, he's got three or four goals this year already. Uh, yeah, this yeah, weekend, got, didn't he? Well, he got, yeah, he's at, uh, yeah, so one of them was an empty net. But, uh, you know, he's got, they like I said, he's got, all, they I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but. Uh, the fact of the matter is, he's a tremendous skater. Um, he gets the puck out of the zone uh, with as much ease as anybody else on the team. Um, he plays both ends of the ice. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Vincent Pashnuk, um, because I think the fact that he's got Josh there uh, helps make his game better and vice versa. Um, they're... You would be hard-pressed to find a pair of defensemen that are better two-way players on any team. Um, we're biased, and, you know, you want to say that they're the best pair in the country? Okay, um, 
you know, I don't see everybody, but there's no question just in watching the games that I watch, they have to be in the top three or five uh, defensive pairs in the country. I don't, I, 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 I would challenge anybody to show me a better pair. I would agree. I would throw two things in when I assess a defensive pairing. Ooh, that one killed you. Yeah. Um, the, the first one that I would look at is how the pairing affects the game when they're on the ice. And number two would be how the pairing affects the team when they're off the ice. Now, we found out in Mankato when they left the ice at the same time to the not penalty good. box. Not that good. does not help your team. So that tells you that they are pretty dominant when they affect the game when they're on the ice and they affect the game when they're off. Okay, so Evan DeBarro gets a shutout. Uh, number two, I asked Coach, as you probably heard in the Powers play, that uh, I said, give me your assessment on Evan now. And he went back to the same thing as I thought he was going to say. He was going to say confidence. And he said, you know, when you figure that Evan hasn't played meaningful hockey games for 16 months, and then all of a sudden you throw him out there, he expected it was going to take some time to build confidence. I, I'm curious as to just how good Evan DeBrower can be. Because well, if he keeps getting better every weekend, Oh, boy, we, we got some fun coming. Well, he's definitely gotten better. Um, uh, you can tell by uh, some of the pictures that they've put out, um, at least from in watching the games. Uh, you know, I guess when you haven't played for a while, the toughest thing to get back is a rebound control. Right. And, um, you know, that's been the, the, the biggest thing that I've seen in these first 10 games. Um, if he... You know, if he gets better with those, um, it, it, it could be uh, uh, getting a lot closer to that number that I dispute that you talk about all the time. So, um, <laughs> well, here's, here's what I'll say about that is that uh, in Evan DeBrower's case, he everybody came in. They said, oh, the goaltending is a question mark. The goaltending is a question mark. Dare I say some people said the, co- the goaltending is going to be your problem uh, for ASU hockey this year. There were, there were naysayers out there that said, we can't rank nice. them higher. We can't feel like they're going to be better because Joey Decord is gone. It's going to hurt their team. You know, guess what? They're 6-4 and four right now. I don't know exactly what they were at this time last year, but it was pretty darn close. Mm. And they've played the, almost the same uh, people. Everybody said, well, you're going to miss Joey's shutouts. Okay. Evan's see, I, I, ten see, games. See, I, I would say that's not what they miss. Yeah. I well, would say. I, yeah. Uh, spectacular save that you're going to tell me. And the puck. No. The puck, playing. The puck handling. Yeah. yeah. There's no question that that's, that, that, yeah. that that's probably a bigger adjustment than anything else. Because very few goalies handle the puck as well as. Oh, as, yeah. As, so that's in the a NHL. Yeah, in the NHL. <laughs> so that's a major adjustment whether – Somebody wants to yeah. say it not, and that's, you know. And, well, and, and I think that's what the whole team is growing into now. They're understanding what kind of a goaltender Evan is and how he's going to play pucks and how he's going to give rebounds and that he's not going to be Joey Decord back there. But, you know, to play 10 games and have two shutouts, um, that's pretty impressive. And that's a, Not horrible. If you uh, project that out, he's looking at six to seven shutouts by the end of the year which is where Joey Decord was, and he was ranked as one of the top goaltenders in the country with shutouts, at least. Um, so anyway, let's take a quick break. Let's come back with our Pitchfork profile and bring uh, Josh Maniscalco in. 
And by the way, I'm going to give a shout out to Josh too, because sometimes it's really hard to get players to talk. Josh was awesome, man. I mean, I could ask a question and he'd give me a three minute answer. And that's really fun as a, as an interviewer to, uh, to actually ask the question and have them respond like that. So let's take yeah. a minute. Let's bring back uh, Josh Maniscalco and then you and I will visit on Josh. Well, folks, it's another uh, Pitchfork profile. I brought the big defenseman in, Josh Maniscalco, with me. Josh, first of all, welcome in, and uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, all things being equal, I tried to get you a couple weeks ago, but you were taking a test or some ridiculous thing, so it's good to see that you're on the ice. Yeah, so it's, it's good. We got a couple off weekends here, so should take full advantage of those. All right. Talk to me a little bit about when you came in last year as a freshman to where things are right now in this program, and tell me what this program is all about. Um, well, obviously, coming in last year, um, wasn't too sure of what, you know, what we'd be. I knew um, kind of the plan um, was to, you know, be a contender as, as fast as possible. And, you know, once we started coming together as a team last year and winning a couple games, we all knew that we were very capable of that. And we were, you know, made the tournament last year. Um, so um, we just obviously had like a really good senior group, you know, some very good leaders that led by example and stuff like that. So. It was uh, it was great to get to you know learn learn about the program through them and see what everyone's all about here. You know what I mean in terms of you know what what we expect from each other and the work ethic that goes into you know the way we play and you know um, kind of just that blue blue collar you know chip on your shoulder style that we like to play. Um, so obviously that was that was really big and you know over the summer I just um, you know got myself in the best uh, shape that I could um, to come back and you know, take a little bit of a step forward. You know, obviously I'm a year older, sophomore now, so um, I knew I would have a, um, to lead by example more for like the freshmen coming in and stuff like that. We had a couple defensemen come in, so you know, it's always good to you know help those guys out. Um, but um, with the start of the season, you know, I like the way things are going so far. Um, we've won five of our six last games, I believe, which is, you know, a good spot to be. Um, you know, everybody's kind of finding their niche, finding their role. You know, our goaltenders um, have played, stood on their head. So, I mean, obviously in college hockey, that's a huge, huge factor to being successful. So, um, I like where we're at personally. Um, I think everybody's, you know, doing a great job, working hard. And, you know, we're always um, holding each other accountable, which is, you know, one of the best uh, characteristics a team can have. So, um, I'm, I'm very... Uh, content with where we're at and you know I hope we can even get better from here I think everybody in the locker room knows that we can be better so um, with that being said I, I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the year. Hey, coming into this season everybody was telling us that uh, you and Brinson Pashnick were going to be two of the best defensemen in all of college hockey did you guys feel like you could be a best pairing in all of college hockey? Um, I, I mean I know uh, people have said that, but I think um, if you really get to know Brinson and I, we're yeah. <laughs> probably the, the least too worried about that ever. Um, you know, we just go into every game worried about that game and that period and see what we can do. So um, at the end of the year, you know, I guess we'll see what happens. But the way we look at it is, you know, we just, you know, we got games to play, games to win, and uh, we want to contribute the best that we can to team success. And, you know, that's all we're really worried about. So. Uh, I guess we'll see where that goes. 
You know, Coach Powers told me when you came in as a freshman, he knew what he was getting, but you've exceeded that already as a sophomore. Tell me a little bit about making that trip to an NHL camp and what that did for you over the summer. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was my first camp. It was obviously a very cool, different experience. You know, you get to um, compete against guys and uh, from all over the, the world, really, um, at all different leagues, all different levels. Um, younger guys, older guys, free agents, drafted guys, stuff like that. So, you know, it was really, really good experience to kind of see, you know, where I fare in terms of that, that level of compete and stuff like that. Um, and it's, you know, it's really good to get uh, an outside source from where you play all year of, you know, what you can work on and um, what you should be focusing on. And, you know, just a couple, couple extra drills here and there to, you know, just develop and adapt your game. Um, and then obviously, you know, it's just good to, you know, make those hockey relationships. Like there's guys there that, you know, we battled out versus um, all last season, like guys on Harvard, you know, guys on Penn State and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to, you know, kind of make a little bit of a friendship there for that, that quick week in um, Boston. So it's cool. It's, um, it's definitely a different community. You know, hockey's a real small world and all hockey guys are, this, are, are the, uh, the same. So, you know, just being able to share stories with other college players, you know, CHL guys, guys that play over in Europe. Um, at the end of the day, you know, we all have the same experience. It's cool to share. So Talk a little bit about uh, the, being on the road with this team. I mean, you guys came back from Alaska. You moved a bus a little bit. Uh, you did a lot of different things, but how close is this team becoming on the road? Yeah, uh, obviously we spend a lot of time on the road. And um, I was actually talking to Brinson um, when we were in Alaska, just saying how, you know, we used to kind of dread traveling, but it's almost fun anymore. Um, you know, you get out of school, obviously you still got to get your schoolwork done, but it's I don't know, it's just neat, you know, right. we kind of, ha everyone has their own little routine, you know, like Jacob Wilson and his uh, couple of like good buddies always go to a coffee shop and walk around and everybody kind of just has their own little thing that they do on the road that you kind of can expect them to uh, do. So usually everyone's doing homework, but you know, we, we uh, get some free time here and there. We get to go check out, you know, other campuses and stuff like that. We, we get to uh, travel to some pretty, pretty unique, um, universities throughout the country so it's always cool to kind of see how their um, campuses and stuff translate to ours and what they go through and stuff like that just like the people in every right. city are different so it's cool it's definitely um, something we take for granted a little I'd say honestly but um, we try to take advantage of it I guess in a way okay so you looked at all these different arenas and you come back to your home the barn at Oceanside yeah. and you play a different style here because you have to right the rink is what it is mm -hmm. uh, low ceiling you got to play a little differently it's tight corners tight uh, well, actually not much space at all on the ice but do you change your game up for that or do you try to play the same game and the arena doesn't really make a difference because you just came off of Olympic ice right yeah. um, I, I mean, there's definitely adjustments that have to be made. Um, you know, when you play on an Olympic sheet, uh, you got to really focus defending on staying inside the dots. Uh, you get outside the dots and you can find yourself getting beaten pretty, pretty easily. So um, I guess this week before, you know, you're playing on an Olympic sheet, you got to, you know, just mentally prepare and kind of focus on what and where you're going to need to be to make the best uh, plays. But um, I don't know, Oceanside is our home. Uh, like, I got a lot of buddies that teams have came here and played, and they hate it. I've actually only heard one kid, um, one, of the, one of the kids I used to play with on Nebraska-Omaha. Um, he, like, we played them last year here, and he said he was the only guy ever that said that they, he enjoyed playing here. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I guess 
can't really uh, get out of it. You know, we got to play here, so we just take full advantage of it. And, you know, we know teams aren't going to enjoy playing here, so we, we jump on them. We make sure that they, you know, they know they're not going to enjoy it from the drop of the puck. So um, we focus on that and play the way that, you know, Coach Powers and Hicks and Fields expect us to play. Um, we, that's why we have so much success here because, you know, we're all bought into playing that way. All right, final question for you. Tell me a little bit about the scheduling this year. It's, it's different, right? You go to China, you come back, you start your season, you get a break. Now you've got two weeks, and then, then your season's going to end in the end of February, and you're going to have this pretty long wait. If you guys follow my plan, I think you've got 18 wins more, and you're going to the tournament again. That's my thought. But tell me what it's like. Do you like these breaks here and there? Um, I don't know. Personally, uh... Like, I haven't lived at home for, like, since I've been 13, so I'm kind of used to it, you know. But the way I look at it is, you know, everybody likes that in college experience. So, you know, we get to come here in July 20th, get ready, go to China, which is just an absolute experience and a half. Like, we still joke about that and what went on there and stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it just brings us closer, you know. Right. Um, I mean, like, on the weekends, for the most part, everybody stays here. We're hanging out, you know, having fun. Um, so, obviously, you know, it, it can get drawn out and stuff like that. But uh, I think our coaches are really good at, you know, keeping us focused and giving us the rest-to-work ratio that's necessary to keep us fresh. So yeah. um, That's what I was getting at. Is it yeah. hard to stay fresh when you got two weeks off without competition? Not Or if really. you had it your way, would you like to play every single weekend? No, I, I got to give props to Leanne. She does a really good job of, you know, giving us, like, so, for example, like, we have two weeks off here before we get into another game week. So, you know, this week we're having a lot of recovery and, like, rest. Um, and next week we'll have it like a normal bye week. You know, we'll work out a lot, um, get that conditioning level back up, and then going into a game week it'll be just regular game week um, just to prepare us for Vermont, I believe, we play. So. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you gotta kind of got to tip your cap to the staff because they, um, you know, we just follow their order in, in a way. Um, but they do a really good job of keeping us fresh and keeping us uh, focused and giving us that rest to work ratio that we need in order to, you know, last and be able to keep an upbeat pace all year and stay um, dialed in at practice and stuff like that in terms of uh, even when the weeks get long. So. All right, I'm going to say this before we go. I'm going to say, if you're not watching this kid play hockey, you better start because he's scoring the puck now. Are you getting your opportunities and you're finishing them? And I know those are very important to the team. But Josh Maniscalco, thanks for stepping in with us. Enjoy the rest of the week and the next week off. Yeah. And then get back at it against Vermont and start crossing off those pucks. Yeah, How about that? Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refind your prime with M-Drive. And we're back, Paul Hornstein, back in uh, on Long Island in New York. Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, uh, Paul, you had a chance to listen to your man, Josh Maniscalco. I mean, there's nobody bigger cheerleader than Josh and you. Uh, I, uh, he's, he's 
<laughs> like I said, he, he's, he, he was a secret. I don't think he's much of a secret or getting be less and less of a secret uh, as, as time goes on. Um, but either you have to grow or he has to shrink a little bit because <laughs> yeah I cut him off at his hat I didn't try to do that folks I really didn't try to do that I thought we were set up so <laughs> and I got back to looking at it and, and I'll give you a little behind the scenes thing folks when I do those interviews I set the camera and then I get in front of the camera so uh, it, it's a it's a one man show right so right, sometimes yeah. that stuff will happen but yeah it's Certainly listen I was amused. to Josh Maniscalco because he was very, very good. Uh, what was the thing that stood out to you the most? Well, you know, like I said, you very rarely will get a player to say, yeah, I struggled with this for for, for a little bit and uh, we had to make the adjustment. Um, you know, there is uh, definitely a confidence uh, in him and in his game. And you could just watch it and feel it when he's out on the ice. Um, and he certainly didn't come across uh, as somebody who lacked some confidence or was a little bit on the quiet side when you interviewed him. So, I mean, those are the things you look for. I mean, those are the things we kind of want to get a feel for is a little bit of these players' personalities. Um, you know, this is why uh, uh, I like those spots. Uh, because you get to see a little bit of the stuff that you don't normally get to see uh, because, you know, you're usually only seeing them on the ice. Right. Um, or, or you get a sound bite. You get a sound bite, you know. Um, so the, the, the longer form uh, questions get to be a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, and sometimes you interview a guy and he's not really comfortable being on the camera. Uh, and sometimes you do, and Josh clearly was and um the the thing that sticks out in my mind is that shot that he took in the development camp and you could see that yeah. that really got him excited talking yeah. about that um because you know some guys come into come into college and they have certain things already kind of in their in their portfolio um you know josh was on was in the, the development program uh, but you know, you didn't hear anything about him being connected with NHL teams, uh, but you're going to soon. And, and you know, as you said, that is something that could be a situation for next year, but we're going to leave that, you know, for after the season. So, All right. So let me tell you my two takeaways from that. Number one is I, I was really – I found it entertaining the way he talked about road trips. I asked him how difficult road trips were and switching ice surfaces. And he said, you know, he's, last year, the road trips were kind of a pain. He said this year, he really enjoys the road trips. He enjoys hanging with Brinson, as we know. They spend right. a lot of time on and off the ice everywhere they are. Um, he, he talked about, you know, just going different places. And he said it gets taken for granted a lot, I think were his words, that, that where they go and travel. And he's trying to take it in now a little bit more. Right. Seeing different universities, seeing different ranks, seeing different communities, seeing different people. Yeah. He said the, the people are different at different places, and obviously in China, but he, even in Alaska, right. I think, See, and East Coast. One of, as, as you know, not every school is in a small town, but a lot of the, the 60 hockey schools are yeah. in small towns. Absolutely. And, and are the focus of that town. 
and yep. it, it creates a, a different atmosphere um, in different places. So, and the other thing that I that I took away from the conversation with Josh was when I asked him about going to development camp and what he got out of it and how important it was to him, and he said it really gave him a confidence that he could play with some of the best players in the world. And yeah. I said, what does that bring bring back? For you and you come back to college now and he said well it really gives me the confidence that that i can play with everybody and see i think those development camps really are are really undervalued compared to what you i mean when they go there and come back steen Pashnik, another one that, that really took advantage of it um, obviously demetrius um, these guys that come back from a development camp have a lot more jump in their step right because they've tasted the next level. Yeah, sure. You know? So, and I think when they go in there and they see a top, because that's the development camp is when the top draft choices come out. So they go, hey, I'm undrafted, but this guy was drafted number one and I played just as well as he did, or I outperformed him. I think that gives them a little jump in their step. Yeah, sure. So, all right. Okay, enough of that. We're both hurting here. My back's hurting. Your back's hurting. (laughs) So let's let's get on to... Yeah, I wasn't segment. cross-checked either. <laughs> uh, don't worry. It wouldn't have been called unless it was on ASU player yeah, cross-check well. on somebody. Okay. I'm not going down that road. I'm staying away from Mr. Sheehan. Um, but anyway, uh, as we get prepared, it's two weeks off now. The coach talked about bumps and bruises. I'm hoping tomorrow night on Hockey Talk we're going to get Leanne Blinn and we're going to have a chance to visit with her as to how she would treat these guys. I asked them a little bit today about what they were going through, and they said – it was a lot of rest and recovery. It was a lot of the stretching, soft tissue work, things like that. And then next week, they'll start to accelerate a little bit. And then that game week, they'll accelerate back into game week, which is really odd because here's the situation. Off all this week, off all next week. And then you got Thanksgiving in there. So it's going to be a strange game week for Vermont. At, for both teams, but yeah. for ASU to come off with two completely down weeks and then get a short week, basically, with the holiday in the middle, it, it's going to be interesting, but... Um, It'll be the same I for know, both teams. Yeah, but one thing I know is I think Coach Powers knows how to adjust now. He, he's familiar with that. I mean, uh, I was told today that, that he's fairly happy not being in the conference right now because he's getting quality games, right. and he's, he's getting a chance to play um, everybody. Well, play everybody, and he said if they were having not getting people here, I think the downfall is obviously that that window of um, you know time from the last game till the tournament game because there's no tournament to play in. That's the biggest. But I was al- but I was also told that if they had played in the WCHA last year, for example, and I'm not advocating this because I was told also they don't want to go to the WCHA for a number of reasons. I know but, nothing. I know something. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, as, uh, as I was told on that, is that if they played the WCAT last year, they may not have got into the tournament strictly because Mankato was going to be the number one. And, and uh, you know, you never know. Uh, so maybe maybe it's a bit of an advantage right now. I don't, you know, obviously everybody wants to be in a conference and they will be uh, in short order. But um, right now, it is what it is. You just play where you play the, game, the games on your schedule. That's you it. end when they end. And you take care of the breaks in the middle, and you do what you got to do to become, you know, tournament eligible, I guess, right? Yeah, pretty much. 
Got to get in that top 12. Yep. And then, then you feel like you're you're going to be in for sure if you're in there. And I think, yep. you know, you, you're going to say one. I'm going to say 18. Just keep chipping off the blocks. And Destination Detroit is in our mirrors. So, okay. Vermont's coming up. Then we get into the great month of December. And um, we're hoping that everything gets straightened out soon on the, uh, the Harvard thing. Because we want Paul Hornstein right here live and in person in uh, sunny Irvine, California. I'm ready. No, nothing? That's it? Nothing? No, I'm I'd ready. Like I'm just, a... uh, what? I'm going to complain <laughs> about the cold weather? I, that's easy. <laughs> All right. Get your back straightened out. I'm going to get working on my back. And then we're going uh, to come back next week and we're going to talk about what happened this off week. Oh, I do want to throw out one other thing. I did make a point to ask Coach Powers about Justin Robbins. Had his surgery. He is going to make a full recovery. He did allude to the fact that he could come back sometime this year, they think. And he will make a full recovery. I want to tell everybody that right now. It's a full recovery. It's not going to affect how he plays hockey in the future. So that's all good news from Justin's standpoint. Um, to be honest with you, I say don't bring him back. Get the medical redshirt and keep him around for that's one more prob- year. That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, I'd say you're probably right. All right, let's uh, let's talk about sponsors. We got uh, mm-hmm. we got our good friends over at Behind the Mask. We got our right. friends at Oceanside Ice Arena. Right. We're going to be up next week at the Ice Den or tomorrow at the Ice Den Scottsdale, and of course their co their co place Ice Den in Chandler. We've right. got our good friends over at Oxypile with the fantastic right. Friday performers. We've got uh, our friends down at College Bar and Grill, where we'll be back again the first Wednesday of every month for Hockey Talk. Um, who else am I missing, Paul? Throw them out. we got M-Drive. Yeah, yeah you got them. Uh, did you, did you them. say uh, behind the mask? I said behind the mask. Okay. So, uh, see, the numbers are growing, which is great, because now I'm going to have to start writing them down, put them in front of me. I can't just wing them out there anymore because we've got people – that are coming on board all the time. As I always say, Paul Hornstein, there's plenty of room on the bus, even if the Sun Devils have to push it. Well, listen, it's better than pushing it than me. I'm old. <laughs> all right, let's finish it up by saying that I thought uh, my best comment of the weekend, I'm patting myself on the back if you can see it. I told Leon Blinn, I said, Leon, you got to quit giving away your secrets that you strengthen the guys on the road by having them push buses. I said, what's next? You're going to have them pull airplanes? To which she replied, to which she replied, that can be arranged in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, folks, if you didn't get that joke, Leanne Flynn, the world's strongest woman, actually had video of her pulling an airplane by herself. Yeah. So shout out to Leanne Blinn. Get the guys back in shape. Uh, we'll try to get back in shape. So we're, we're at 100% next week. Paul Ornstein, enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, we're getting closer and closer to Vermont. So yep. college hockey fans, tune in every week. You can see us now again back on YouTube with College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Have a good night. Good night.